Common sense is not so common. And in an era where global uncertainty is rampant and government is out of control, this is the show making sense of all the madness. Broadcasting live from the Arizona desert, you can't dodge the Hodge. Here's your host, Dave Hodges. Everybody, it's Dave Hodges, host of the Common Sense Show, and we are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. We're really glad to be with you. And new administration, new economics. And I know a lot of us are crying in our spilt milk, and uh, we're trying to get over the shock of what has happened. But you know, we can stay in grief, or we can plan and adapt. And I choose to plan and adapt, so I'm not a victim, or as less a victim as I have to be to this. Uh, new wave of economics. And I've asked Colin Plume uh, from Noble Gold to come on and talk to us about the challenges that we'll face with regard to dealing with the Biden administration, with their tax and spend policies, their eco-policies that will interfere in private property ownership and investment. And Oh, my, my. I don't think we have enough time to do this show. Colin, welcome to the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Boy, stick around for a day and things change. <laughs> yeah, we definitely don't have enough time to uh, to discuss everything that's out there, but we can definitely highlight a, a few things that, that uh, people should be aware of uh, just in terms of you know where things are end of last year and, and coming into to this year. Um you know the financial crisis is is you know far from over. We 20% of they say about 20% of all businesses that were open last year are closed, you know right. permanently closed. Um, so there's a lot of people out there looking um, to, to to get into something else or change. And starting a business, if all let's say all those people are going to go back and start a business again, it takes time uh, to, to start anything. So. We have that sort of vacuum uh, of, of businesses and income and taxable income um, that's gone, unfortunately. And, and so the, uh, the question is, is what does the government do to um, mitigate some of that for, for those people? And, and obviously with uh, Yellen and, and, you know, this administration, it looks like we're going to go back into a a quantitative easing type of measure where we um, just continue to expand the money supply pretty pretty considerably. So that's that's what in the short term, uh, right out of the gate, that's that's the first thing that I'm seeing uh, happening out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And the quantitative easing um, is there a four letter word for that? <laughs> I just I, I, dead. I, I so, think. <laughs> yeah, really dead. I'm so opposed to this. I I I just uh, am outraged, but. But let's get beyond the emotion here and get down to the bottom line here. Okay, tell us how these Biden policies are going to impinge on the average person. Well, I think it's just where where do people where are we going to be going for the next four years? And I and I think that um, you know this year I think a lot of people anticipated that things would be opening up sooner and and you know, based on what I'm reading, regardless of how many people get vaccinated, you know, up now until June, 
um, businesses are not going to be able to open up as freely as they want in a lot of places, uh, probably until I would say August, September. So now if you look at the shutdown from March of last year, so let's say August, September, we're talking about a year and a half of a lot of you know, hotels, restaurants, not being able to, to work at, at full capacity, um, you know, airlines, a lot of things that are, that are struggling. So I, I think that there's going to just be a ton of, of stimulus that's put out there, a lot of government generosity, which I think has been sort of the rule of the day. And then, and then, so what is uh, a common sense investor? How do they position themselves uh, for for any kind of protection and I think the first thing is that if we go through another you know eight months of stimulus there has to be a point where it ends where, where does it when does when do they stop giving checks out and when that happens I think we'll see that that pullback in the stock market that everybody's sort of been anticipating um, because a lot of people that have, been riding this wave of, of cheap money won't won't have that ability to to do that anymore. So I think we are going to see a, a correction this year. We saw a few corrections, you know, short corrections in the stock market last year, but then it rose again with all the cheap money out there. So I think we're going to see a, a pullback um, this year. I would say probably closer than than to 20%. And then I think that where you know the first day, as I said, he went forward with the the Paris Agreement. And he put that back on the table, which I was, I think we discussed, we've been discussing that for a few months. And that really is going to be good for silver. Uh, everything, you know, green energy is silver based. So I think anything that you're looking at in silver, um, you know, any kind of silver ownership is going to be really important and strong. And I, I think, you know, I've been looking at, you know, Citibank came out last year in October predicting that silver is going to break $40 an ounce, you know, from 12 months. So that would be October of this year. And then they boldly came out. They believe it's going to break a hundred, uh, within two to three years. Um, so I think that would be a huge, uh, gain from where it is today. Um, so I like the price of silver as an industrial metal. And if, if we're moving in this, this direction with green energy, I think it's important to, uh, to, to have a position there, I think silver is going to be a good buy uh, for the next few years. So in other words, you got to be kind of like a rope-a-dope boxer. You got to be where Biden is not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. And and you know, so you're looking at that. And then what's the next what's the next potential catastrophe? And I think you're looking at um, you know residential homes. Uh, we're seeing delinquencies pick up. Um, there's three states that have had a, a huge increase in delinquencies over the last 90 days. You have Hawaii, Nevada, and Alaska. Those those three states, um, their delinquencies on their homes have gone up tremendously. Uh, obviously, I think Hawaii um, has a lot to do with travel because uh, a lot of the income in Hawaii is, is based on people uh, going there to visit. And so I think a lot of people are, are unfortunately struggling there. So I, I think... Uh, you know, you're seeing uh, single-family homes, even with the lowest interest rates we've ever seen in history, um, start to, to crumble a little bit. So, so that's something that people should should kind of keep their eye on, and and I think there'll be some opportunities um, in the real estate market. I think by the end of this year, I think we're going to see some opportunities there, which for some people could be could be really good. 
because um, you know, I, I believe in things that have a limited supply, even though we're in the precious metals business. Yeah, I, I believe part of the reason gold and silver are so valuable is because it's you know you can't just create it out of thin air, and good real estate I think is is the same. So I think there'll be some opportunities in real estate, and then the thing that nobody wants to talk about is just when when do we talk about inflation? When does somebody stop all the debt? And I and I don't know the answer to that, but I think the inflation expectations for this year by almost every bank that I've read from Bank of America to Goldman to, I mean, you name it, they predict this year is going to be the highest uh, level of inflation that we've seen in almost seven or eight years. And so that's obviously concerning um, that, that the cost of goods are going to go up pretty dramatically. So those, those are the things that are, you know, things that could happen, some opportunities and, you, I think what you always do, Dave, is you say, listen, we got to look at what's happening today and pivot and, and see what opportunities there. So I think, you know, silver is going to be great. Uh, obviously, we believe in gold. And then I think at the end of the year, there could be some opportunities in the, in the real estate market. Okay. So real estate could be a viable escape uh, pod. Um, sure. But do you have any sense of the Biden tax plan at all? Um, you know, I think there's there's obviously um, some things in there just in terms of that would affect business owners that could get changed. Um, I, I think that those are some of the things that they're they're looking at. Obviously, they've talked about having a wealth tax, which you know when you have um, Bernie Sanders, you know, working within the administration, obviously he's going to be pushing for for a wealth tax. And the question always is, will that affect how business owners um, decide to hire? And I don't think we know exactly 100%, but I think some business owners, depending on what where they are, could could want to pull back uh, in terms of hiring. I think more importantly, uh, whether the wealth tax affects them or not, I think more importantly what business owners look at is, am I hiring into a potential recession and if I am, then that's that's more of an indicator. In my eyes, obviously a tax could could prohibit somebody from wanting to hire. But I also look at, you know, employers don't want to hire and then have to fire. You know, that's that's the the worst thing. And and I'm I'm you know being a business owner myself, that's the thing that nobody wants to do is is have to let people go. So, I think hiring in the face of potentially heavy inflation, maybe a stock market pullback, maybe a real estate pullback happening any this year. I think those things could could affect things even more. Uh, in terms of a tax, uh, you know, I, I think just politically to to get a uh, to change our tax structure right now would, just from an image point of view, uh, would probably be bad. But I, I think that if you look at just increasing the money supply, government stimulus, I mean, in a way, we have to always pay that money back, right? This money just doesn't come out of nowhere. So. In a way, if we continue all of the stimulus, sort of in, in a way, that is sort of taxing us one way or another. Well, there's no question that it's going to be taxing us. When they talk about a wealth tax, what kind of wealth are they going to tax? Where does it begin? I saw 500000 and above. That's that's what I thought. I've seen thrown around um, household income of 500000 and above. Um, that's that's the number that I've seen that they would they would start to tax. And, and 
you know, you look at that income uh, obviously puts you in a very high percentage in the country, but also that would be a tax generally on a lot of business owners too. So, um, you know, obviously if they, if they had a wealth tax and then they also pulled back some of the tax um, advantages that were passed in the last Trump tax cut, that would be sort of a double whammy for business owners. Um, so it, it's, it's a question of, you know, can they get that passed? I, I don't know. Um, I know that they've also flirted at having a, a wealth tax in the two to two and a half million dollar tax bracket too, uh, above that range. Um, which I wouldn't be surprised, uh, to, to come. And, and, and obviously that's, we'll see what they're able to get past. You know, obviously there's momentum now and, and he's passing, you know, with the, with the, you know, signature of a pen, he's passing a number of legislation, but going through the tax code and changing that is, it's a little bit more difficult to, to get anything like that passed. What kind of tax are they talking about? Uh, I think it's just a percentage above the federal. So, you know, depending on what, you know, tax bracket you're in, obviously in, in California, if you're making, you know, above, uh, you know, 500,000, you're jumping into the 45 to 48% bracket. So then you probably look at another five to 7% on top of that. So someone in theory in California, if you include the state tax of 13%, could be paying close to about 60% of their income if that were to, if that were to pass, which that's what we saw um, in the 70s and 80s in a lot of our European partners in Great Britain, and a lot of other places in the world. And what ended up happening is that you had a lot of wealthy people um, from those places move here and start businesses. And so I, I would say naturally you're going to see a shift in, in people moving. Uh, obviously, you've seen the exodus in California, but I think if, if we had a federal tax that increased that level, we'd probably see some people moving out of the United States and, and moving businesses offshore. I was going to say, uh, and giving up their citizenship, because if you're still a citizen, you're still obligated to pay tax. Sure, sure, yeah. And, and, and it, obviously the tax code is, is set up in a lot of different ways. But yeah, I I, I agree with you. And, and um, you know, I, I have, you know, friends that I know that um, to avoid that, they've set up you know, uh, citizenship in other places and, and, you know, kind of moved all around the world to, to sort of avoid that. But at the end of the day, I think that it really comes down to what's, what is the cost? Is there going to be enough income brought in by that? Is, is it a dramatic amount? If it is so, then maybe they'll push it forward. It, it really just depends on how much debt we go into this year. Um, we obviously went in tremendous debt last year with all the stimulus plus, you know, the amount of tax money we lost by people not working. Um, so there's there's a lot of things happening in terms of the markets that, that could shake things up. I just, I don't see how with the uncertainty of this year, how people uh, can't shift to more conservative uh, type investments. I think it makes, it makes a lot of sense to transition there. And, you know, I, I've read a number of things about, you know, I always talk about silver, but really gold, it is still a tremendously undervalued asset. If you look at, if we go to in, into a parabolic situation with inflation and hyperinflation, we could see gold going up dramatically on a daily basis, not not a quarterly or a monthly basis. I think we could see 
large increases in gold happen. And I've seen expectations over the next, you know, five to seven years to see gold in the seven or $8,000 range. Um, there's an analyst, AJ Thorsten that I, I subscribe to and listen to, and he be absolutely believes gold will be at $8,500 an ounce by 2028, just because of that, this, the potential just constant inflation and how gold will react uh, positive to that so that those are some things that that we're watching and and obviously where it's sitting today um that would be a pretty pretty big game for for investors any wealth reduction strategies to get you under that threshold uh, that you're aware of i mean i not I, I i don't you know i don't encourage as much as i like everybody else don't don't like to pay it i think at, at the end of the day we're in a country that allows business owners to thrive in a lot of ways and there's a lot of protect even though there's a lot of tax there are a lot of protections um with business owner i mean if you think about you know places that have had hyperinflation or or governments that can come in and just seize assets we we you know we don't have these aren't things that we have to be concerned about so i i think at the end of the day i think the more important thing than focusing on that is really just focusing on a, on how to think about what's going to happen in the future and creating more wealth for yourself with what you have currently. And that's, that's really the, the best way to do it. Of course, there's people that are going to move to Mexico and, and, you know, and do that strategy. And, and that could be great for, for other people too. But I also think there's, there's going to be a lot of opportunities in business over the next, you know, four years where things are changing. People are working from home now, there's going to be a lot of transition, a lot of products that people are going to need from working from home. So I think more importantly is to take take those opportunities and and refocus your energy on the on those things because yeah. at the end of the day there's there's problems everywhere. Oh my goodness, yeah. I mean, you know, I guess when I get into the the fairness of this tax plan, um, Warren Buffett still is going to have his exclusive Cayman Island takes fifty million dollars to get an account that doesn't report anywhere so he doesn't pay tax on it uh, but if you're middle income upper middle income business owner small business owner I mean two million dollars is not that much if you're that's what your business is generating and, uh, and yeah and and so this is a war on on uh, on small business well and you think the problem is is that that income is that's the person that is typically looking to grow to you know five to ten million hiring more you know has a has a strategy to to kind of grow the business so yeah i, I think you can definitely look at at those opportunities and and say that you know it could hurt it could hurt business owners wanting to potentially grow and and, and invest um in infrastructure i think that's the one thing that we never want to take away from is is the ability for a business owner to do their own sort of R&D and invest and come up with new products because that's that's the engine that that we need in this country. So there's there's always that sort of fear that if it, if it gets too heavy in that direction that people will move to the Cayman Islands or move to other parts of the world where they're a little bit more friendly. Obviously, we've seen a ton of businesses moving to Texas and they've kind of opened up their doors because they don't have uh, state tax. So, you know, I think people are always going to be sort of shifting around to find the, the best formula. But right now I think it's, it's, it's an opportunity to, you know, 
take your head out of the sand, see what's happening out there. And I, and I think that we are looking at a situation where um, you're never going to be able to make a decent return in a, in a bond again. You're never going to be able to make a decent return in a CD. So you have to look at some of these other assets out there to try to make the return. You know, gold, the yellow metal last year had a 25% return. The white metal, you know, silver had a 45% return last year. So um, there's obviously safe investments out there that people are shifting to, and um, they're getting returns that can get outpace, you know, 7 to 9% inflation, which is probably the true numbers of what they are. You know, one of the things I'm concerned about, too, and you mentioned the 20% business closure rate, but a lot of people get their IRAs from a business. Mm-hmm. And so when those businesses close, those IRAs, I mean, these people are screwed. Uh, they could lose tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, you have something that you do that I think is unique at Noble Gold with regard to, to the IRA situation. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So anyone that, that has no longer works somewhere, the way that it's set up is your four old 401k is what they call them in the industry. can be moved into any IRA any self-directed IRA. And the, the great thing about moving into a self-directed IRA is that you are in charge of what your future is in the IRA. Um, in a typical 401k plan, and you know this is the average plan, is they, they give you a list of mutual funds to choose from. And you are, you know, you gotta choose those mutual funds that are in there, you know, whether some of them are stocks or bonds or some of them, you know, they have bond funds that are in there, but you're sort of limited in your scope. And I think in today's day and age, people want alternative options, which is what we offer gold and silver and even cryptocurrency. So if someone wanted to put Bitcoin or, or Litecoin or any of those in their, in their IRA, Ethereum has, has broken its all time high. So there's, there's cryptocurrency options within your IRA too. I think ultimately having control today is is the way to go, and that's why most of our clients like the self-directed IRA. And I even say, if even if you left an employer and gold and silver or these assets are not for you, I still would recommend being able to put it into a self-directed IRA because you can pick the option. You could go into the same mutual funds that they offered to you at that other company, but also maybe those mutual funds have heavy load fees that you're not aware of or annual manage, management fees. And you're, you want to be able to move into things that, that could be better for you. You know, I, you know, I have friends that bought, you know, Tesla stock or any of that within their IRA. You can't do that in a 401k. Those options are not available. So I think at the end of the day, taking control of, of your investments today is, is the best thing. And it's not, it's not like 40 years ago where a stockbroker would call you and he'd tell you, he, you know, there's a hot tip. I mean, there's that information's available out there. So it's more important in my eyes to take control of things and, and determine your own fate when, when it comes to retirement. Yeah, it really does. If um, the Republicans allow these tax increases to go through the Senate, I think the Republican Party is done. Yeah, I, I I would be surprised if I, I think there's if anything that they can all stand behind. I think they're, they're gonna they're gonna push hard to to hold things firm, and uh, I I would be surprised if anything happens uh, this year with it. It's you know obviously maybe next year there could be some kind of deal happening. You never know, but I I my gut is that 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 tax uh, cut that happened uh, many years ago that one will stay in place whether they 
you know, do an addendum for a wealth tax, I don't know. But I, I think the one that they put in place that helps a lot of medium and small business owners, I, I think that's going to stay in the books for a while. Uh, maybe I'm, maybe it's wishful thinking on my part, Dave. No, but, I, but, I, but I, think you're, I think it's suicide. If, you know, first of all, the Republican Party is in trouble anyway because they didn't back Trump through the voter situation. And uh, I, I think that they're in trouble for that. But also, I think if they let these high taxation policies go through, I think it's like, well, why am I a Republican? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. and, and, and I don't know. People aren't going to become Democratic, so they're going to look for third parties. I know sure. Trump is starting the Patriotic Party, but, you know, I think that's a pipe dream personally. But um, but some people are going to be looking for ways to get out. Yeah. Uh, of this of this crushing burden that's coming how about uh, have, have you guys done any analysis of the uh, biden plan for uh environmental reform and what it's going to cost businesses and individuals yeah i mean absolutely there's definitely a a tax uh in, in terms of you, you look at um manufacturers in this country to to kind of have to restructure themselves to to accommodate uh, different uh, laws that would affect you know how the environment. There, there's absolutely a, a, a dramatic effect that would take shape, and that's that's why you know that Paris Agreement. A lot of it is is sort of talked about and pushed forward in that is to get the emissions down. Um, no, we haven't done anything like that, but I but I do know that. Um, you know, a lot of the business owners that we work with are sort of bracing themselves for that. And, and ultimately what's going to happen is, is the cost of the goods will just have to go up. Um, and, you know, ultimately that's, you know, across the board, if, if Trump's ideal of us bringing items back here to be made in this country was something that's going to be fulfilled, then the cost of goods were going to go up anyway, um, in a lot of eyes. So I think that, but that's okay in my eyes. I think I'm I'm happy to pay more for a pair of pants that's made here than something that's made in China because I know that the money's staying here. So I I think, you know, it's there's the question is is what is the pain point? What what are people willing to pay for for items? And we've had all of these years where we've had this sort of global economy where we were willing we wanted to to get the cheapest possible item and can we transition into an environment where we pay a little bit more because the car is made here and the the parts are are we willing to to absorb that cost and and we'll see if that's if the american public's you know willing to do that that's going to be the key yeah (laughs) the compliance issue right is really going to be a key factor it just you guys must be doing an incredible amount of reshuffling dealing with what's uh, coming our way. Well, we, you know, we're a U.S. based company and we, um, you know, we hire people that, you know, good, good, good people that are looking to, you know, connect to people, you know, our business at the end of the day, precious metals, but it's, it, we're in the customer service business. That's it, you know, and, and so, you know, we've, uh, you know, obviously last year our business grew and, we continue to hire and we will continue to hire as, you know, demand continues to grow. Um, but I, I think, you know, what we look at as a company is just how do we continue to service people? Um, how do we continue to get better? How do we, how do we, you know, make things faster, transition things faster. And 
you know, one of the things that we've done just in terms of sh- our shipping time, in terms of metals, has has almost gone in half uh, over the last quarter of this year, the first quarter of the uh, last quarter of last year, and then the first quarter of this year. You know, we're trying to fine tune it to get get metals in people's hands as quick as as possible, and I think people are sort of resonating on that. We had, you know, I think almost 50 reviews positive reviews in December, which was a record for us. So, you know, we continue to, to refine that, but, but ultimately we're, you know, we're looking to help people in ways and, and be available on the phone. You know, that's the thing about noble gold is that you can talk to a live person, uh, get questions answered. And that's really where we sort of thrive is, you know, people nowadays miss that, that sort of human connection. And, um, you know, we, we, we offer that that's, that's what we focus on. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I totally hear where you're coming from. Well, if people are hearing this and they go, man, I'm confused, and there's so much to dissect here, and Biden is coming at us with a foreign language that we haven't seen for since Obama, uh, and foreign language meaning the way he's running the economy. Uh, I mean, what did he do, cost 50,000 jobs in the first three days of his administration? Uh, I believe so, yeah. yeah with, uh, you know, and the other thing, too, and this is kind of maybe off your beaten path, but one of the things that I just wrote about, you know, Texas provides 42% of our oil needs across mm-hmm. the country. And uh, the, Biden goes after the Keystone Pipeline. He's going after other energy independents. Uh, I don't see Texas putting up for this with this for very long. I don't see them backing down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think, you know, and that's oil is is one of those things that again it, it affects the price you know everything is shipped or moved uh, yeah, exactly. by oil so obviously that's going to increase the cost of, of goods and and I think it's it's how much can a business owner take if if they have to let's say you're a manufacturer and and you have to uh, comply by these new environmental laws then to ship the goods to wherever you have to ship it to the, the cost of those goods goes up because gasoline is going to go up you know those that's a tough pill to to swallow um you know that's just multiple layers of increases that a lot of business owners can't can't handle i mean another thing too i mean just from you know our point you know in terms of health insurance you know health insurance again rise i mean no surprise i guess right it's it's up again this year uh all the business owners that got their their renewals are are sort of feeling that so it's um it just you know obviously it feels like the business owners are fighting an uphill battle in terms of of increases and we'll just see where where the pain point is in terms of when consumers finally just say enough is enough and they won't pay it um you know and then obviously it goes down the line to the business owner having to decide you know where do they cut you know where where do they where do they find this extra increase if oil goes up the environmental conditions they have to you know retool their plant goes up i mean there's there's definitely a breaking point for everybody so um obviously we'll have to see where that is well, i had a last question too is as i'm really concerned and you kind of uh touched on this indirectly but we know the federal reserve owns about 33 percent of all mortgages in the country and the rent and uh, mortgage moratoriums are going to be lifted someday. And when that happens, and what would he have, $2 billion of unpaid rent just in New York City alone? Yeah. Is, is the Federal Reserve going to be like the aristocracy of the United States and, <laughs> and hold like three-fourths of all mortgages? I mean, where do you see this going? 
I, I do see that. I mean, that's what we saw in 2008. And then basically what they do is they they sell those mortgages to the banks at pennies on the dollar. I mean, that's that's in essence what happened is. And that's kind of goes what we were talking about earlier is that I do think there's going to be some opportunities uh, in that market um, at some point. You know, a lot of, um, you know, New York is obviously, you know, that's high park avenue high rent areas that that are struggling and and you know people now that that the world has changed and people working from home you're seeing that exodus of finance moving to to florida uh and miami and all those locations because there's no state tax there so i i think it's it's going to be interesting i i think my gut is is there's going to be a few states they're going to push to try to go to no no state tax over the next few years because obviously if you see uh, the influx of income coming into Texas and Florida and the income comes in different ways, right? Obviously just because there's no state tax, they're, they're still making money on a lot of other things. Uh, there's still, you know, property owners tax, there's still tax on, you know, different items that people are buying. So, you know, there's other ways to get it, but the large nut is obviously that personal state tax that people are avoiding by moving there. So I, I think, yeah, you're going to see that the Fed start to own a lot of property at the end of this year. And then I think there's going to be some opportunities for people that have shifted, um, that have, you know, the ability to get into it. I think there'll be some opportunities. And I still think interest rates will be low. Um, so I think that'll be great. So I, I think there's going to be hard assets are going to be a great place for people at the end of this year and, and early next year. Um, so I think those opportunities will, will be great for people. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right, but uh, you know it, it's kind of like you, you hate to say it, but there's going to be a lot of pain and misfortune in the United States with regard to mortgages, and you hate to say it, but you almost have to take advantage of the opportunities, even though other people are suffering greatly. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you're right. 100. percent It is. It, it is a sad uh, state of affairs when those uh, you know situations happen. But yeah, listen, being a a, a landlord is not for everybody either and obviously there's there's costs involved and risk and so i think there's there's going to be some of those opportunities there and i think people need to you know keep their eyes open and and make sure that they're they're prepared for it and i just think anything that has limited supply i think oil is going to be i mean the value of the prices of oil is definitely going to skyrocket so any of these limited supply items um, are going to be the place to be uh, with with inflation until until we stop the the money printing until we stop the the government generosity at this at this unbelievable you know this these are this is above the normal above welfare above the normal you know medic you know all the Medicare Medicaid this is we're gone beyond that um, at that's you know those those things we've you know. Medicare, Medicaid, welfare—those things we've already accounted for. These, you know, this type of event with with COVID and and just you know bail the bailouts and everything that's happening. This is this is these events we can't account for and we can't cover, frankly. Wow, that's may you live in interesting times. <clears throat> I'm going to put a smiley face on this, but. You know, there's one other group that I wanted to mention to you, too, and it's kind of an overall pattern I've already identified. If you are an individual who owns a condo complex, apartment buildings, duplexes, and now for the last nine or ten months, you've not been able to collect rent. 
you probably are one of those people in the million to $5 million range of income, maybe 10 million. And so you're not super, super wealthy and you're taking a beating because the government says you can't evict anyone. Therefore, you got to take the hit on your property and you're going to lose your backside, not mm -hmm. the people who aren't paying their rent or mortgage. Right. Yeah, no, landlords have definitely taken a big, um, a big hit and in, in a number of ways. I mean, it are, you know, if you own office space, uh, traditional, you know, office space that people were, were used to going into, or are you going to go back to that kind of environment? Um, and, and the question, the answer is probably no. I mean, some people will have to go back. Um, yeah. but I, I think in general it's going to shift. So, uh, yeah, I, I, and and how does that landlord? You know, they they obviously just want to pay their mortgage. They're not they're not even looking to profit at this point. They're just looking to to, to keep that building. So I, I think there's there's going to be that that trickle down there with that that kind of real estate, um, and it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be nerve wracking uh, for them to, the to say the least. And the unknown variable, lockdowns. Sure, right. That is the unknown and, variable. Yeah, and that that's going to make gold, silver, palladium, all that. I think that's, they're going to make them skyrocket. And and I think Dave, the thing to think about too is that now that we've become accustomed to the lockdowns, they're easier. They're going to be easier for governments to to do going forward. Unfortunately, um, so that that is sort of the scary thing. Is the first time was the hardest, right? The idea that you know people in March were were, but now people have are, are sort of accustomed to it and uh but you know every every time we do it there's you know trillions of dollars in lost income and um you know there's a price to be paid unfortunately yeah you're really right well okay let's let's talk about noble gold you guys provide financial services for just these kinds of times when people aren't sure about how to navigate all the changes going on you've already done your homework so let's let's talk about what you offer your clientele because I have a feeling people are going to be saying to themselves, "I got assets to protect. Can yep. Noble Gold help me?" What would you say? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we we do obviously we talked about IRAs. We can do um, if someone is looking to get some, you know, if they they don't have an IRA but they have some cash and they are fed up of making a, a quarter of a 1% return. They can buy some gold and silver. We can ship it to them. As I mentioned, we can store if they don't want to keep it, which, you know, some people, you know, don't want to keep it in their house. So we can store, we have secure facilities, um, segregated storage that people can do. It's all insured. So if that's something they want to do. So there, there's a lot of different options. Um, for this month, we're running the, the promotion of the, um, if you do an IRA, you get the free Apollo 11 uh, five ounce um, proof mm -hmm. coin, which um, I just, I, you know, I'm curious what these things are selling for. They're selling I, all over. They, when we started doing this a few months ago, they were running at 275, 280. Now I see they're selling online for 340, 350. My prediction is I think that coin will be worth well more than $1,000 because it is a limited supply coin. Um, so even though it's only five ounces, if once you see it um, and the way that they engrave that coin, it's one of the most unique coins the U.S. Mint has made um, since they started making coins in 1987 again. So I, I'm excited to give that to people. So anyone that starts an IRA gets that that coin for free this month. Um, so, it, you know, I think there's 
going to be some some interesting times and and um if people want to learn about what we do and get free information about gold silver uh platinum um palladium anything in, in cryptocurrency if they want to learn give us a call and you can talk to a live representative and they'll, they'll answer all of your questions and spend time with you and and really um you know give you all the information you need okay that sounds good but how do they get a hold of you oh 877-646-5347 is our number we're open monday through saturday um we open at 6 30 a.m pacific standard time till 6 p.m monday through friday and then on saturdays we're open from 8 a.m to 1 p.m pacific standard time so we are open on saturdays now and we've basically been working we've had a staff working seven days a week processing paperwork so um we're we're obviously you know moving as quickly as we need to so if anyone's looking to roll over an ira we're we're working seven days a week to get that accomplished for you right now yeah i hear you that's uh it's got to be just a monumental challenge right now what you guys are having to go through because of all these sudden shifts and what is it 90 executive orders by biden good good luck keeping up with that yeah no i mean there should be a a ticker for that or a website where everybody could could see all them as as they're coming through um but yeah it's it's we are in unpredictable times and you know i think that you know that's the key to listening to shows like yours is that you know people get information that is you know from you someone that's been watching this someone that's you know not biased you know, just looking to give people good information about what you see out there and and uh that's that's the thing i always loved about your show is just you shoot it straight and and you know people are getting good information so i appreciate what you're what you're doing well, thank you i appreciate you saying that but noble gold the number again folks is uh eight seven seven six four six five three four seven and in these uncertain times you need to do what i did i advertised for noble gold for a while and i looked at all the people that were saying these guys are awesome and i said well maybe i should look at protecting my assets and i'm really glad i did so not only are you listening to a uh, broadcaster here and an advertiser uh where noble gold advertises on our radio shows pretty regularly um you're looking at a customer so i get absolutely to give a firm endorsement here but Colin, I want to thank you for joining us. Um, keep your head down. Keep the helmet on. I will. <laughs> okay, because we are in <laughs> uncertain times, and I'm glad we got people like you out there charting the path to safety in the midst of these uh, very radically different times. Yeah, thank you, Dave. Have a great day, and, you and too. looking forward to talking to you soon. Thank you. All right, bye-bye.